when they start, you know, playing whatever, soccer, volleyball, basketball? Uh, the answer to that is everything. I want my children to approach the game like pros from the start. Everything. I'm talking about from recovery. I'm talking about to mm-hmm. the mental state of mind you need to be in, to training, to nutrition, to sleep. When I was a kid, I the last generation above me was the rock star generation. It was party hard and play harder. Sleep is for the guys that are corny, nutritionally <laughs> irrelevant. What, what does any of that stuff matter? Great athletes show up, lace their shoes, and go be great. But I realize a lot of the error in that understanding and that thinking. Um, so it's funny, you know, I, I laugh at, and I tell my son all the time, dude, never lose your flexibility. And he's like, dad, like, do this. I'm like, dad can't do that, man. Dad's too stiff. And he's like, yeah, dad, I'm flexible. I'm flexible. And I'm like, yeah, never lose your flexibility. Sleep, son, you got to sleep. Dad, why do I got to sleep? Because sleep's going to give you big muscles, son. Is it going to give me big muscles? But we know sleep's one of the best anabolic things you can do for yourself, right? Another thing, I you always inspire me when you tell me, I believe that supplementation was going to be a thing of the future and people tried to shout you down about it. Now they go, oh, Jose was right. And so for me, I think that space is cognitive training, right? It's the last part of the human body that we have not intentionally tried to influence. And so people go, yeah, but there's not a lot of research out there about it. And I go, yeah, but can you see it bubbling? Yeah. Maybe there's just 10, 20 studies coming out a month now. But if you think about it and we understand plasticity is is established, somebody's going to have to harness that. And I want to be on the front end of that space. And that's why I was like, yeah, I'm down to become co-founder of Nestry. It's like, you want me to sit around with a bunch of physicians and neuroscientists and sit around the table and go, okay, well, if this is how the brain works, how could we influence it in a way to be productive for cognitive functioning? So you're telling me that we can be neuropsychologists and we could um, do testing and show that the brain's declining. Well, my thing is anything I can measure, I can improve. And every exercise scientist knows that. I don't care how you show up at your baseline. We're going to give you the exercises and the dose and frequency to help you to be able to improve. I want to do that for the brain. And that's what my kids will do. Like, like you guys are going to be doing mental performance and cognitive training your whole life. And I think this is going to be neuroprotective. You know, that actually is a great analogy to how sports supplements were treated back in the nineties. It's like, Oh, that's bullshit. There's no science. It's like the science will creep up. And what's funny, you mentioned that there is, I read a recent paper, I don't know if I sent it to you, where they did, uh, they called it brain endurance training. Mm. Um, And I didn't quite understand what the training was for the brain, but it translated into better physical endurance, which mechanistically, I I can't explain it, but I'm thinking from a pragmatic standpoint, I'm like, okay, this is something that eventually will trickle into, you know, high school, college, maybe the pros, but I think you're on to something. It's, it's just a question of this, and maybe you could help Tony and I. How do you do that? How do you train the brain? I mean, supplements are easy. You give this, figure out the dose, measure the, the, whatever the effect is. But how do you do that? How do you train it? Yeah, so um, it's really interesting what we're doing at Nestry because we've been utilizing neurofeedback, but we took it out of like a clinician's hands, right? So when a clinician does it, they drop things in their clinician model and they say, well, it was, X effective. 
right? And so there's a lot of uh, research establishing that neurofeedback is effective for things like ADHD and concentration. But then you look at the, the research studies, you go, you brought a person in once a week? You saw effectiveness in once a week? You're not training. That's not training. If you lifted weights once a week and you said, well, this is how effective weightlifting is, <laughs> people would laugh you out of the, you could you would be laughed out of a performance setting. Yeah. So what we're saying is if you're trying to find ways to influence the brain, go look at the science, right? There's a lot of different um, techniques that are starting to come out that they're saying, hey, this has been shown to be uh, a little clinically effective, uh, effective or moderately clinically effective. Okay, well, what if you increased the frequency? What if you started to train the brain like you train the body, which is every day? What if a person came in and trained every single day? How would you be able to leverage technology to help create positive plasticity? What are the other things that are out there? And if you intentionally start collecting these things and applying them towards a person with a performance mindset, what are the kind of results you're going to get? Well, the answer is that's to be determined. But if Nebraska doesn't bring a weight room in, what do we all look like? Like We don't look like me right now. But <laughs> Nebraska said, all right, we'll do it. And then now everyone has to do it. I just believe in training. I just so much believe in training. So I believe that the mechanisms are out there. What we've been doing so far has been shown to be very positive, And we're looking to continue to build on it but we're looking to continue to be integrated. So another problem that starts to create um, issues with being as effective as it could be is in clinical settings, they don't integrate anything. But look at what happened to martial arts. Nowadays, every MMA guy has integrated yeah. all martial arts. And now we've got the best fighters we've ever seen in the world. Yeah. Because if you just said, all right, you're, you're just a boxer, go, go compete, but just boxing, or you're just a wrestler. Nowadays, you can't be just at anything you got to bring this combination to what you're doing. And I think that that's the next frontier in brain and cognitive development. And that's what Nestry is all about is let's integrate. I mean, research is gold, but what do most researchers do? They make it, then they sit it on a shelf. They're just waiting for somebody to come pick it up and go, okay, I'll create. <laughs> it's true. That's true. <clears throat> I ha actually have, uh, we have maybe five minutes left, Tony. I have a fun question for Julius, but... You know, if you have any comments, uh, uh, please pipe in. No, go to that. Uh, we'll summarize all this great info after your fun question. I'm, I'm right. looking forward to hearing it. I, uh, I know you're a fan of basketball, Julius. And so yep. I like asking this question. It's actually a two-part question. Um, who is the greatest, your top three basketball players of all time? So that's one. And this is actually a different question. Who was the most fun to watch top three? Yeah, so I... I try to refrain from talking about basketball players that I never got to see play. And I know some people go, well, yeah, but they're important, but how am I going to tell you who would think, who I think the best basketball players are if I never got to watch them? So I grew up number one at the tail end of the Jordan um, career. I think Jordan was done in 98 or I was, I was pretty young. I think before he that. Finished with the wizards, I think on 98, right? Yeah. yeah so I, I, I was like, 10 ish, maybe nine and a half. So uh, for me, I, I think about LeBron, Shaq and Kobe. LeBron, Shaq. I mean, what Shaq was doing was so dominant. I mean, we might it might be another 10 years before we see another 
physical specimen like Shaq. I mean, he was he was human evolution before their time, just the way LeBron is human evolution before his time. Um, but my favorite player of all time is Kobe Bryant. That's why, you know, I keep the Mamba mentality yeah. right here behind me. But I think what was most fun about Kobe was his mastery of the game. Mm-hmm. He was able to score from any area on the court. But then he was also so committed to the game of basketball, he prided himself on being a great defender. He wanted to lock down the best player on the other team. He wanted to make their fans hate him. And he didn't care at all if he was liked or not. And that was just exciting basketball for me to watch. And, um, you know, he's a great that will always be missed. Yeah, I, I, I concur with that on, on Kobe. And, and MJ was definitely like that. I could say that. Uh, took his, he was, you know, I, I, I think Kobe probably was influenced by Jordan, right? I mean, you would, in a sense, the tenacity on both sides of the ball. And and MJ did have that, but I'm I'm with you on Kobe, man. I'm a big fan of him. He was amazing. Yep. No, you know it is funny that um, we we often judge you know sports based on what we watched growing up. And I was a huge basketball fan when I was a kid. And I don't know even if you followed the old New York Knicks and the LA Lakers, um, um, Jerry West, Wilt Chamberlain, uh, Julius Irving when he played. Do you remember the ABA? <laughs> People. I mean- I don't remember much of it, but I watched the uh, like the Lakers documentary. They had a couple that came yeah, out. That was good. So I got yeah. a favor for those times, but I mean that that had to have been exciting. Yeah, it's uh, and and one of the more exciting players I always watched was a guy named Pete Maravich. He, uh, Pistol, he Pete. Pistol Pete. Yeah, he was fun to watch. Just he was sort of uh, he was ahead of his time in terms of just sort of the uh, I call it the gymnastics on on the basketball court. Um, so that really is it. Um, you know, I just wanted to get that in because, uh, you know, people like hearing sort of people's personal opinions on sports. Yeah. Tony, do you have any final words? I mean, Julius has been an awesome guest. Yeah, just, you know, my opinion, who's the best tight end ever? It's Julius Thomas. You know, I just <laughs> want to throw that out. <laughs> no, I just got to say, JT, I think this information is so great, so valuable. And I mean that from the heart. Um, you you brought about I, I something really important just quick. You know, the athlete ride isn't as great as everyone thinks it is. It could be pretty damn tough. And um, they're human beings. They need some help. And, you know, and we need to provide some great resources for them. And I, I'm really happy that you, you're you going to be one of the leaders to do such. So uh, great, great information, great podcast and talking and discussion. So we appreciate it. Yeah. And Julius, tell tell everyone where they can find you or follow you in your work. Um, yep. Is, are you on LinkedIn primarily? What social media site can people follow you on? Yeah, you can fo- follow me on Instagram, just Julius underscore Thomas. Uh, part of my evolution, I'll, as classes are slowing down, I'm going to be putting out more and more content, cool. some motivational stuff, some things that are going to help with sports and performance type psychology. Um, and then uh, anytime I have like a podcast or do anything like that, but then I'm also on LinkedIn, just Julius Thomas as well. Um, I'm a little bit more present on LinkedIn, so sometimes I'm able to get back to people, but I just want to thank you guys for having me. You know, it's just been an incredible influence you guys have had on me and helping me to understand the space, helping me to continue to grow and develop academically and as a researcher. And, you know, the things you guys teach me, I'm going to be telling people for the next 30, 40 years. So uh, I really appreciate the influence you guys have had on my life tremendously. Yeah, thank you. And and if you ever need help from either one of us, I know I speak for Tony, do not hesitate to ask. We're always happy to help. 
Like you guys know you're you guys know I I come to you whenever I have a question. You know, Jose, I text you all the time. And Tony, I text you. I'll be like, man, I was wondering about this. You got anything for me here? So you guys have always been a great resource for me just because of the acumen you have. Just as, I mean, the decades that you guys have spent in these spaces. And I can't wait to say, you know, man, back in oh, man, back in 2023, <laughs> I was looking at this research and it became important. But then you guys also um, helped me understand the importance of mentoring. And I, I hope to be able to have the influence on people behind me that you guys have had on me. You will, my man. I see it already. No doubt. Well, thanks you again. Uh, you know, Julius, we appreciate your time and uh, we'll have to catch up again. <laughs>